Uh, I'm telling you, it's, it's, uh, this thing called Christianity isn't just a religion. Uh, I learned that in 1980. It, it's not a religion. It's not, not that at all. Uh, it's something way, 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 way beyond that, way beyond that. I can't even begin to describe it. I, I just know what's happened to me in the last uh, 43 years. It's just unbelievable. And then I started looking at what was going on in my life prior to the 43 years, and I can see the hand of God there also. So, they always say hindsight uh, is 2020, and I can look back and I can see where the Lord was dealing with me uh, little by little all the way through. Take your Bibles, if you would. Go to Jeremiah 35. I was thinking about a Father's Day message. Uh, uh, happy Father's Day. If you're not a father, uh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. It's not for you anyways. It's really for somebody else. I want you to start thinking about the Lord today. Uh, our Father, our Father, you know, it's, uh, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. It's, uh, Jesus Christ talked about his Father. If you'd stand real quick, I'm going to read a couple verses. Jeremiah 35, 1. Let me get there myself. Ecclesiastes just don't look like Jeremiah. Jeremiah is, uh, uh, I've learned to love Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Uh, they're hard books to get. Jeremiah is an easy book to get, uh, kind of. Uh, Ezekiel is a kind of a harder book to get. Uh, but once you get a hold of Ezekiel, it's, uh, it's a strange book. Uh, but here in, in, in uh, Ezekiel 30, or Jeremiah 35, let me get there, man. I'm working. I'm working. My Bible has it in there. I know it does. The word of the Lord, uh, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of uh, Joash of Judah, uh, king of Judah, saying, Go into the house of the Rechabites and speak unto them and bring them into the house of the Lord into one of the chambers and, uh, and give them wine to drink. And I took uh, Jehazaniah, the son of uh, Jeremiah, the son of uh, Habazaniah. Man, what's some names? I'm telling you. Uh, it keeps going. It, it, these old times, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be able to feel bad because some of these guys are going to say, you mispronounced my name so many times, it's pathetic. Uh, Jeremiah goes, and his brethren and, and all his sons and the whole house of the Rechabites. And I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chambers of, uh, of the sons of Hanan, and the sons of uh, Igdaliah, a man of God, which was uh, by the chamber of the princes, uh, princes which, which was above the chambers of uh, Maiah, of the sons of Shalom, the keeper of the door. And I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites pots full of wine and cups, and said unto them, Drink ye wine. But they said, We will drink no wine. Father, thank you for your blessings today. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for just letting us come to church. Lord, thank you for a day, uh, Lord, that uh, we can look back at the children you've given us and, and Lord, the families. And, and Lord, uh, I can look at my dad and uh, I still thank you today for saving his soul uh, when you did. And, Lord, the life he led may not have been always perfect, Lord, but at the end of that thing, Lord, he was uh, back as close as he could get to you in the amount of time he had. And, Lord, uh, I know he's waiting on the other side. Lord, I want to thank you for him and all the stuff he's ever done in my life uh, to get me here to where I am today, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Uh, but Lord, I have a greater father, which is you in heaven. And Lord, uh, I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for you and, and all the things you've done. And Lord, uh, my father on this earthly side, you gave me. And Lord, uh, now you gave me yourself. And, and Lord, I thank you through the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, that you showed me a way that I could come home. And now that you're my father, Lord, I, I dedicate this day to you. Uh, bless now, Lord, if there's anybody in the room that's not saved. I do pray that you'd show them their need of a Savior. 
Lord, help me just to get across how great a father you are today. And Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, the Rechabites are an interesting group of people. Uh, Jeremiah talks about them, and, and the Lord told him that, hey, I want you to go get this group of people, the Rechabites, and I want you to bring them uh, into the temple. Now, we're talking about Jeremiah here. We're not talking about some devil worshiper. We're not talking about somebody trying to get somebody in the bar. We're talking about Jeremiah the prophet, one of the greatest prophets, called a weeping prophet. One of the greatest prophets that probably in your Bible is Jeremiah. Uh, you got Ezekiel and uh, a couple other ones too. But I mean, Jeremiah is sitting there and he brings them in. He, you know what? Number one, Jeremiah does what God tells him to do. You don't hear him arguing with God saying, well, wait a minute, Lord. Oh, no, not so, Lord. You get in the New Testament. That's what we do. <laughs> not so, Lord. I have never touched anything unclean. That's our brother Peter. Uh, when I get to heaven, he'll probably hit me for saying that. But that's okay. I mean, Jeremiah, you don't hear him arguing, man. He just goes. He does it. Says, uh, it says, go unto the house of the Rechabites. And he does it. Speak unto them, verse 2, and bring them into the house of the Lord. So he tells them to bring them in. Then he brings wine in. And wine is, oh, man, you know what? Guys, we got that thing so messed up. We keep trying to put our thumbs down on stuff. And thumb, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. 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 And the Lord uses that stuff all the time. He does it for a reason. Jeremiah is sitting there and he brings them in. The Rechabites, I want to talk about the Rechabites just for a little bit. Jeremiah 35.2 says, go to the house of the Rechabites. The Rechabites are the descendants of Jonadab. Uh, Jonadab, go back to 1 Kings. 1 Kings. Jonadab was back in their lineage. And I, I, like, I like people like Jonadab. There's two men sitting back here in 1 Kings chapter 10. And one of them is Jonadab. Jehu, Jehu's a captain of the host, and, and he's a fighter. It says, uh, verse, verse 10, and, or chapter 10, uh, verse 1, and am I in the right place? I don't think I am. Second Kings. Did I say First Kings? Please excuse me. It's a scribble error. Tongue, tongue got twisted. I thought when I started getting ready to read about the Queen of Sheba, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. That doesn't sound quite right. And, and, and Jehu went and killed the Queen of Sheba. No, I'd have to change the whole story. It just wouldn't sound right. And Ahab had 70 sons, and, and Jehu's already been anointed king, and he's in a crowd of people drinking and eating and partying and having a good time, and, and uh, the prophet sends a young man in there, and he anoints him, and uh, the man leaves, and then uh, Jehu comes back into the crowd. I've been around some admirals and stuff, man. I've been around people like that, and when they start doing what they're doing, they're just, they go crazy. They drink, they party. It's like going into bars half the time, and uh, Jehu comes back in, and they say, hey, hey Jehu, what, what would that madman tell you? He said, uh, man, he, that guy's crazy. He just come in and he said, uh, he, he anointed me king of Israel. And everybody starts shouting and screaming. I guess they didn't like the king too well. Uh, and then verse 10, Ahab, Ahab was going through. And, and the Lord told Jehu, he said, I want you to go kill Ahab. And, uh, chapter 10, verse 1, it says, and Ahab had 70 sons in Samaria. Uh, this is how much God hates sin. And this is how much sometimes a man gets on God's side. Now, we can't do this today. I wish we could. In some cases, I wish we could, but you can't. Uh, we don't have that ability. And, and Ahab had 70 sons in Samaria, and Jehu wrote letters. And, and now, if you get mad at this, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. This is what God did. Now, we're at a place so far from this, it's pathetic, and sin has done, done wrecked its, its havoc on this world, and we can't even see like this no more. This is how God sees sin. God wants us to say, that's my father. He says, Mike, if you're going to be like me, you're going to have to open your eyes and see like me. 
And then you'll see this world like it is. And I'm not telling you, you know what, he could have destroyed it. He destroyed the whole world with Noah. He could do it again. That's not what he's looking to do. What he's looking to do is turn our hearts back to him. That's what he's trying to do. That is the push toward this thing. Ahab, and he, sent, he goes against Jehu because he needed somebody to do a job. And, uh, and Jehu wrote letters unto, un, and sent them to Samaria under the rulers of Jezreel to the elders. And the long story short, Jehu says, look, you got 70 sons Ahab there, and they kill them all. Then you go down to uh, verse 15. 15. Uh, yeah, 15 is a good one. And when he was departed thence, after he'd done all that stuff, he goes, uh, and when he was departed thence, he lighted on Jehonadab, uh, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him, and he saluted him. Jehu, Jehu looked at the man and said, that's a good man. That's a good man. I know him. He's a good man. I like him. Uh, he said, uh, Rechab, uh, he's, and saluted him and said to him, is thy heart right as my heart is with thee? And Jehonadab answered, it is. If it be so, give me thine hand. And he gave him his hand, and he took him up in, into his chariot. He, he looks at him and says, Jonadab, are you with me or are you against me? Is your heart like mine? My heart, I got zeal toward God. I want to be on God's side. Jonadab, are you there? Now, Jew down the road messes up, and because he messes up, he only has four generations of, of people on the kingship. And his, his tra he's the fourth generation will serve. And they're going to lose all that because he never got away from the filth of this world. Jehonadab was different. Jehonadab, he's like Jehoshaphat and Ahab. Uh, the, Lord, the prophet came up here and said, look, I wouldn't even talk to you, Ahab, if it wasn't for Jehoshaphat sitting here. Jehoshaphat had something going on with the Lord that nobody else had. And this man right here, Jehonadab, does too. Uh, down in verse 6, well, Jehu, Jehu picks him up and they gather together and, and uh, it goes on, verse seven, 16, it says, and he said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. If you got any zeal, you know what's wrong with most of us? We have no zeal. I like zeal. Somebody tells me I'm overzealous sometimes. I don't know, man. I just, I just like, when I was in the Navy, this is what I did, man. I went around all the time fixing stuff. If someone's broken, I'm like, broke, where's it at, man? Let's go fix it. Uh, I didn't care who, if, I don't care what it was. If you told me the anchor was broke, man, I'd be down there trying to fix it. I'm telling you, man, you ought to get it. You ought to do what you want. You, you shouldn't do I'm telling you, if you go get a job and you're just sitting there all day long. You know, I tried a lot of jobs. I used to work at McDonald's flipping hamburgers. That lasted for me about six weeks. And I said, man, these guys, I mean, when you elevate to the grill man in six weeks, you're done. I could not say, could you see me now 50, 60 years later flipping burgers? I, might, I mean, I'd have carpal flipper handle and all that stuff. Man, I, I carpal tunnel. I wouldn't be able to do it. And I you'd have to learn how to flip left hand, right hand, all this other stuff on the backside. I'm telling you, if, if you don't enjoy what, you know, I didn't enjoy that. My boss come up and got ready to fire me. I quit before he could fire me. Then I went out and hung insulation, worked with an old Indian guy, man. That was fun. I worked in garages. I went to somewhere, and I'm getting them all mixed up, but I worked in garages, man, as, a, as a, just a mechanic, just doing little stupid stuff, changing tires, you know, changing oil, doing whatever, man. I, I did anything. I just, I always worked. I never quit. I got fired. I went to hang insulation, and I got fired from there. And I said, okay, I went to draw unemployment. I said, man, I can't, they want six weeks before they give me any money. I can't wait six weeks. 
So I went and parked my car at the end of this industrial boulevard down there, big old companies all the way down. I started going knocking on doors. I went to the first door and said, hey, man, you need somebody to work? No. Okay. I go out to the next door, knock, come into American Air Filters, knocked on the door. Hey, you need somebody? You want a job? Yeah, I need a job. And they hired me right on the spot, man. Put me on a spot weld. Have you ever spot welded? Never spot welded in my life. I can learn, man. Give me some money. I'll do whatever you want. Well, not whatever. <laughs> There's some things I won't do. But my dad told me how to get in the sewer down in a ditch, man. I think he did that on purpose, man. He was a backhoe operator. He liked running the backhoe because that put him up above the ground. He got me down and he'd dig a ditch first and get me in the ditch. Then he'd break the sewer line. And when the raw sewage comes up to here on your legs and you're sitting there looking at everything coming out of that house, been out there for like a week or so, and you're looking at this stuff and he said, stick your hand down there, boy, and clean out that sewer. There is not a whole lot past that that you won't do. There's some, man. If it gets bad, that worse than that, I mean, that's bad. That's bad. This world's got some bad stuff in it. But the Rechabites, the Rechabites were descendants of this man right here. And Jehu, Jehu said, I am sick. I am sick of what's going on in this country. And it's all because of a man. Ahab has caused some Jezebel, caused some stuff. Most everybody's problems you can pull back to one or two people. You may not ever hear of those people. You may not know them, but it's always back to one or two people. And they start letting stuff come in, and a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And you start letting stuff go. I like doing it. I don't care what we like doing. It's irrelevant. I like eating. I just lost 55 pounds, and I still like eating. And I still want pizza. And I, but it ain't good for me, but I still want it. My wife came up the other day. I was going to divorce her. She says, I'm down in, in Kentucky. I'm like, okay. She said, I got hungry. Well, she done did it in her 10 weeks, and she done got off of me. Now she's on maintenance. I said, okay. She said, I stopped at White Castle and got two White Castles. I ate them. <laughs> now, why would she do that to me? I mean, Lord, the woman thou gavest me. Why would she do that to me? You got to get to the point somewhere out there where sin is still sin. And you got to say, okay, I don't think I was sinning when I was fat or, or a little uh, large. I was really. You know Why? Because all the clothes I had to buy to wear that was getting bigger could have went into missions, could have went into uh, fixing the church up, could have went somewhere else. No, I had to get bigger suits. Now all the money got to go into getting smaller ones. You can't win. My wife is throwing everything away. What the wife, man? She's throwing everything away. I, as soon as it, I outgrow it, it goes. It's gone. If I get fat again, I, I'm gonna be. No, I, I was gonna say I'm gonna be like Ezekiel, man, running around naked for some time. Something gets on. I ain't gonna have nothing to wear. The woman thou gave us me. Jehonadab, man, he jumps up in that chair. You know what? I, I got a couple of notes right here. This is 393 years before Jeremiah takes, 293 years, before Jeremiah takes the Rechabites into that temple. 293 years. And the story goes back to this man right here. Jehu has some zeal. He wants to go kill all the queers. He wants to take Ahab out first. You know what? The Lord told him to do that. And Jehu goes, and, and then he gets people involved, and they take out the sons of Ahab so he can't have no more trouble there. Then he goes out there, and he says, he says you want to see my zeal? Jehonadab, you want to see it? He said, do you want to come? Jehonadab says, yeah, let's go, man. I can just see the guy, man. Who is on the Lord's side? Who are you? What's, whose side are you on today? I, I know whose side I'm on. Amen. 
I've already made that decision. 43 years ago, I made that decision. And for 43 years, I've been trying to figure out what I could do for him. You know, sometimes you hear preachers say this all the time. Cleaning toilets is what you do. Sometimes you put an air conditioner in. Sometimes, sometimes you sweep floors. Sometimes you go out and street preach. Sometimes you pass gospel tracts out. Sometimes you witness. Sometimes you go to jails. Sometimes you have ladies meetings. Sometimes you encourage one another. That's, you just do what the Lord allows you to do. It doesn't have, you know all the Lord care. I'll tell you what, that lady with two mites, I get to heaven. I want to see what God did with those two mites. Amen. They said people beforehand, you, people say, he all he ever talks about is money. God don't care about your money. I'll tell you that right now. Those people before were throwing lots of money in, and those people afterwards were throwing lots of money in, and this poor little widow came in with two mites, two pennies. You see them laying around the streets. When you see a penny on the ground, you bend over and pick it up? That lady would have. She picked up two mites. That's all she had, man. I mean, that's, she didn't even have no barrel mill, nothing. She had two pennies. That's it. And the Lord's as true as he always has been through that Bible. When she threw those two mites in, I bet you he took care of her the rest of her life. But I would love to see in heaven. I bet you those two mites are on the wall on a plaque in heaven. And they're going to tell you what, what those two mites did because of that woman's heart. See, it has nothing to do with the two mites. It has to do with the heart. You know what? If that lady was there and he would come up and said, Hey, oh, woman with two mites, you want to see my zeal? I bet she'd already been in the chariot with him. She goes, you know, I can't preach and I can't teach, but I can watch. I, I can sling a stone. I can hit him with a fried pan. I can do something. Don't tell me ladies can't do stuff. Amen, zeal. Those, those Rechabites, he had zeal. Uh, uh, Jehonadab had some zeal. He had holiness. He wanted to do what God, you know, all the time you look at these men. And sometimes they got some flaws in their lives, brother. And they got flaws, big ones. But God looks down and goes through all the flaws and kind of pushes them off to the side. And he's looking down at that heart and he says, if I tell you to do something, will you do it? He goes, hey, go, go anoint uh, Jehu. I know that Jehu will do what I tell him to do up to a point. He had the right kind of heart. He says, is your heart with me? John and Evan had the right heart. He said, come. Now I'm going to tell you today, you have an opportunity to come or you don't have to come. It's your choice. When I met Jesus on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, 1983, 80, I had the opportunity to accept him or not to accept him. It was my choice. He never forced me to do anything. But I, he was like Jehu, but he's better than Jehu. He's a whole lot better than Jehu. He's nothing in a sense like Jehu, but it's like his hand was down. He says, Mike, you want to see my zeal? It's going to be fun. The next 43 years, you cannot even imagine, so I'm not even going to tell you. Do you want to go or not? I'm like, yeah, man. My whole family thought I was crazy. You think I'm crazy now? They thought I was really crazy. They seen this long-haired, hippie, druggy man going around selling pot and doing drugs and all this other stuff. All of a sudden, do something and his life changed. And he joins the Navy, he's gone. And that, that, was, that was so far out of my character, but that's all I always wanted to do that. I never had the opportunity, but boy, that's what I want to do. That was so far down in my heart, I can't even tell you where it was at. It was there, I wanted to be a sailor, man. That's what I wanted to be. I, I don't know if I want to be like Peter or... I don't know what I want to be like. I think I was, I don't know, man. I just want to be a sailor. Something was there. And I never got the opportunity. And boy, that day opened up and, and I got saved. And all of a sudden, doors started opening up and things started happening. And I went through it. And I was like, I, I like these stories, man. Because I'm like, Lord, that's what happened to me. That's the same thing. He said, come. And an offer was made. I said, that red light. And he said, hey, there it is. Over, go join. I went. You know what's wrong with most of us? 
we sit there and don't do nothing. Amen. Never do anything. And then our lives go by. Your life is, life is going to go by. Man, I wish it could. I don't want to do it all over again because this place is messed up now. But I'm telling you, I, I look back at the last 43 years and I can't even tell you how much fun I've had. I mean, it's just been an adventure. The whole time it's just been an adventure. I get to do all people say, man, I really feel sorry for you. I mean, you, you just do. I have fun doing everything. You hear me bellyache a lot, but I have fun doing everything. I like to see things go back together. I like, I like, you know what I like more than anything is to see people. You ought to see this from where I'm sitting at. And some people say, oh, this is a small church. What well, is really in a sense? But I remember a day when I was by myself. And I had nothing, zero, nothing. No wife, no kids, no, no nothing. I lived on a ship, nothing. And I didn't think there was ever going to be nothing. And I was okay with that. I, was, I was, wasn't really okay, but I was like, Lord, if this is what it is, I'm okay with that. Here's this guy right here, and he's got a buddy come up. And he says, hey, come with me, man. Let's go do some stuff. He, he jumps up here. He goes, uh, and when he came to Samaria, he slew all that remained unto Ahab's house. So he killed them all. Then uh, verse 6, chapter 6, 10, 6, 2 Kings 10, 6. Did I already read that? I think I'm already past that. No, yeah, I am. But Jehu, Jehu, oh yeah, 2 Kings 10. He has, he has zeal. And he jumps up in there. And they go out, by the way, and they kill a bunch of homosexuals. He gets them all together. I like that. That's one of the greatest stories in the Bible. Uh, it, it is to me. You say, oh, well, you're mean. And, and those people were born like that. No, they weren't. Uh, a, mere, a mere and five minutes, will, uh, 30 seconds will tell you who you are. That's all you need is to get in a mirror in a room by yourself where nobody else is. Take your clothes off. Stand in the mirror and look there. Now, that's not perverted. That's just fact. They just stand in the mirror and look, and it'll tell you what you are. If you don't think that that's what you are, then you've got a problem mentally. Mentally. People say, oh, no. I know it's a devil. The devil is in there. Oh, you can't say that. Something's wrong with them. Something's wrong. Okay. I look at the, it's bad enough to be a man and a woman and a woman trying to be a man in a man's world or a man trying to be a woman in a woman's world. It's, it's hard enough to live in this world today. And you know what the Lord has us all in places where we belong. And when you get out of that, what you start doing is you start affecting other things that's going on around you. And you can mess up a lot of stuff in a lot of people's lives and prevent them from finding anything. God has a certain thing. In the end of this thing, I tell you, I, I learned a long time ago, probably 40 years ago. I had to come. I sit down one day, and I'm like, wait a second. Here we go. Boom. Throw everything out. You're always right. Always right. Always. 100% of the time, always right. And if I disagree with you because of my, my emotional feelings, well, I feel so sorry for that person. I do feel sorry for people. I don't want to see anybody go to hell just like anybody else doesn't want to. They shouldn't. But people will do that because of their own stupidity, their own ignorance, their own rebellion, their own arrogance. They think they know, and they don't. Brother, I never got, I, I tell you all my Seder stories all the time, I didn't get anywhere in that Navy without some men putting their lives behind mine and helping me do what I did. I did not do that. They, God blessed them and they did whatever. They got and directed me. They seen something and they molded me and pushed me in the right direction. And if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have got to do what I did. No man's an island. Amen. Not one of us. No lady is either, by the way, ladies. I know this is Father's Day and you're supposed to, this is not very encouraging. Sure it is, man. You know what you want to be like is you want to be like Jehonadab. Why? Well, Jehonadab, go back to Jeremiah 3 or 35. Man, I, I just on one page. 
I got to shut up, really. It's Father's Day. Y'all got to go eat or something. I could finish it up tonight. I could finish this up tonight, really. I could stop it just about anyway. Jehonadab. I like Jehonadab, man. He's just such a good guy. He did what, he did what it took. I mean, he did what he had to do. And, he, and, and Jehonadab, I'll be honest with you, 293 years earlier than this, he didn't have no idea what was going to happen 293 years from now. He had an opportunity to do something for God. And he said, hey, wait a minute, number one, do I know God? Let me ask you a question today. Do you know God? Don't just say, yes, I know. I do, I do, I do. George, I ain't going to, just because you said that, I'm not going to say anything. Because he does. But I'm telling you, George, here he goes, George. I use George, man. He's a good guy. George, don't ever give George a job. Because the moment you give him a job, he's going to try to give it to somebody else. But that's not what I'm going to say. He was driving down the road one day, and our sign was out there. And, and it was back when we had the sign where you had to put the slide and things in. Uh, we got an electronic sign because of George. And now he gave it to somebody else. Uh, so, so he said, he, he'd drive by that sign, and I don't know what the sign said. It never said, George, you should be coming here. George, why are you driving across town? Why aren't you here? George, George, George. Never said nothing about George. But every time he drove by that sign, he said, didn't you tell me this? He said it was like the Holy Spirit telling him, why are you driving all the way across town when there's a church right there? And one day he came down here. He's been down here ever since. And he said, I want to do something. I said, okay, what? He goes, the sign. I said, okay, you can have the sign. So he starts putting little things in. And he goes, it's too cold out there for my hands in the wintertime. He said, can, can you get somebody else to do that sign? I said, I'll, get an, I'll tell you what, I'll get an electronic sign, put it up, and that way you can sit in here and do this. Okay, that's a great idea. Oh, can you get somebody else to do this? Because I can't do that either. <laughs> I'm telling you, you give the guy a job, and he's going to turn it over to somebody else. If you want somebody else to do it, give it to him. He'll, he, he always said that you, you get it, you do it, and then you give it to somebody else. That's exactly what he does, man. But it was an offer, and he took the offer with, uh, with Jehu, and, and history goes on, and 293, almost 300 years later, the Lord says, hey, I want to show you guys something. Now, don't you ever think that God's not watching you. Amen. The Rechabites, they were, they were off the side out here somewhere. They're just minding their own business. And 300 years later almost, he goes grabs one of his best men, John, uh, uh, Jeremiah, and says, Jeremiah, go grab the Rechabites and bring them all in. All of them. Amen. Not some of them, all of them. Get, get as many as you can, bring them in. And then I want you to set pots of wine before them. But they said, this is what, when he told them to drink, they, they had an opportunity to do anything, and they're in front of Jeremiah. You know, just because, a, just because a preacher stands in front of you and says what you do is okay, doesn't mean it's okay. You better have it in this book that it's okay. Because if it's not okay, God ain't going to be happy with us, or you, or anybody else. It has to match this book. I've learned in 43 years that there's a lot of men out there and a lot of ladies out there who will try to tell you, well, if you just do it this way, no, sorry, can't help you. It's got to be that way. Amen. I may not understand why it has to be this way. Je uh, Jehonadab didn't understand that 300 years from now, his kids are going to be brought in front of Jeremiah. He didn't even know who Jeremiah was. Now, 300 years later, here's this prophet, the weeping prophet, one of the greatest prophets God ever had, and he goes, gets his descendants, and brings them in, and this is what happens. Jeremiah 35, 6, it says, But they said, We will not drink wine for Jonadab. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. 
for Jonathan. They know who he is. Great, great, great. You know, dad's what you need to be. You need to be the dad. I don't, you, you might need to suck it up and be the dad and do the right thing. You say, I don't know. Well, I'm praying to God he don't stay gone for 300 years. But 300 years from now, I still want my kids, 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 kids serving Jesus Christ. I don't know what you want. I know what I want. You say, well, I messed up. Yeah, my dad messed up. Look what he got. <laughs> he messed up real bad for 30 years. And now that 30 years, look what come out of that. His son got saved. He got his life right. All my brothers and sisters got saved. I'm sitting there telling I don't care what you, I don't, man, I'm telling you what, you know what you got to do right? Could you imagine what would have happened if my dad would have done right 30 years earlier? I have no idea. We'd probably all really been messed up then. <laughs> but he goes, uh, our father commanded us saying, now he's going back 300 years. Ye shall not, you shall drink no wine, neither ye nor your sons for two weeks and three days forever. Neither shall you build houses. Boy, this is going to get us all, man. I like it. Nor sow seed. I can't, I couldn't grow a garden, man, if you gave me one. If you gave me a garden with everything planted and already grown in two weeks, it'd be dead. I've got great, great plants in my backyard. It's been there for like a hundred years and the birds eat, suck the water out of the grapes as they come out, man. I can't even get grapes. It's terrible. Nor plant vineyards, nor have any. But all your days you shall dwell in tents, that you may live many days in the, in, in the uh, land where you are strangers. They were to drink no wine. Why? Because their great, 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 great grandfather said, don't do it. You'll never hear one time in there why they shouldn't drink wine. He just said, don't do it. And they said, okay. And 300 years later, well, I can, all my friends, you know your friends will get you in trouble? Well, I learned that a long time ago, man. Friends will get you in trouble. They'll, they'll get you to go their way and to do this and to do that. And, and all of a sudden you see what they have and somebody else has this and you'll want that. And pretty soon, uh, I've seen people, oh, man, over 43 years, I, it's the Lord's will. They, you, they do something, you're like, it's got to be the Lord's will. It just happened. That doesn't necessarily mean, they asked for quail. They got quail that came out their nose. Right. Now, I don't know about you, if you like quail out your nose. I never did like anything coming out my nose except air. That's all I like coming out of there. Anything else? Man, I've got sick a couple times, things come out of my nose, and I didn't like that either. I, got, I read those stories, and, and those people wanted and wanted and wanted, and God gave them to their hearts to get out desire, man. And next thing you know, they're all dying and choking and everything else because the quail. He said, well, the quail was still in their mouth. I'm like, Lord, man, you know what scares me? Stuff like it scares me. I don't know about you. He's just scared. John and Dab knew the effects of wine. Why? He just said, don't do it. You know, it doesn't give you the account in the Bible anywhere where he said it. But they knew it 300 years later. They knew it. Jeremiah brings them in. John and Dab knew. Proverbs 21, and I'm going to hit a couple of these, but wine is a marker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. He says, you're a fool. That stuff will kill you, man. Anyways. Them guys do it. But you never hear them say, why can't I do this? He just said no. And they said, okay. Now, I don't know the rest of the story. He could have beat all the kids all the way down to their senseless. I have no idea what he did. Alcohol has potential to bring you under its power. You never want to do anything that's going to bring you under its power. Uh, pizza will do the same thing. 
Pizza Hut will do it, and when you get tired of Pizza Joe's will do it. And you'll say, well, I ain't going to eat Joe's no more, and you'll go to Jets. Jets is really good. <laughs> I like eating. But you know, sometimes eating is more than what you need. I mean, it takes up too much of your time. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You know what these Rechabites were doing? They didn't even have the, the gospel of Romans. They had the gospel of Jonadab, their daddy, their great, 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 great daddy, and they did it. They were not to build houses. Boy, we do that all the time. We got to have houses. We got to have this. We got to have that. I'm going to cut this thing short. They got to have, they were not to build anything. They were supposed to live in tents. What if y'all just lived in a tent? Oh, you can't do that in America because in America you got to have a house and you got to have cars and you got to have this. You gotta have now you got to have all electric cars because all the other cars are going to go. And now you got to have a Ford pickup truck. Fords are cool, man. I'm telling you. Do you know Fords charge Teslas? Did you know Fords charge Teslas? Ford has a, a, a device on their new Ford pickup trucks that will charge a Tesla. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> Maybe they did that to thumb up, you know, Musk. I have no idea. You, I mean, one up, Ford has one up on them, man. I mean, if you, if you ever see a Tesla on the side of the road dead, find your Ford pickup truck, charge that sucker up, man, move on down the road. But now you got to have all that stuff. And it's not going to stop there, man. It's going to keep. Now they want to put these drones in, and, and Amazon wants to land a drone in your front yard with a box in it. And can you imagine a sky full of drones? I mean, it's going to get crazy, man. You can't even, you won't be able to climb a tree anymore. You get cut up with a drone. And when I was a kid, that's what, that's what, that was life, man. You woke up in the morning and you go out in the woods and you climb a tree and just fall out a tree and climb another tree and fall out of it. That was life, man. I can't tell you how many branches I hit on the way down sometimes. And I'm still here. I didn't have a hard hat either. Probably could have used one. But they, they were not to have a home. Philippians 3.20 says, For our conversation is in heaven. The Rechabites, I don't even know how much they knew about all this other stuff. They were not to sow seeds or plant a vineyard. They didn't. They were not to live nomads. They were supposed to live nomads in a tent. They were to see, they were to see their lives as a journey. You know what we're doing? We've missed this whole thing. We, we got a journey that we're traveling through. It's like Pilgrim's Progress is the greatest book in the world. I'm telling you, outside the Bible, Pilgrim's Progress is it. For me, it is. Because it's, it's, it's a mindset. It gives me that mindset down through there that I need. It, I need that constantly in my life. This diet I'm on, uh, the reason it's so successful in my life, it may not be in yours, is when I talked to a lady, she said, 20 weeks. I said, 20 weeks? She goes, 20 weeks. I said, well, the Navy said 24 weeks. And I was waiting for her to say, is that all you talk about, the Navy? Well, the Navy used to tell us every 18 months you're going to sea for six months. Six months is 24 weeks. I'm like, if I can go out to sea for 24 weeks, surely I can give you 20 weeks for a diet. I said, hey, lady, you got it. She said, you're awful easy. I said, no. I said, I got to get rid of this weight. And you said you can do it in 20 weeks. Let's do it. And uh, it's a bunch of doctors. And I said, she said, you can do it. Let's do it. And I'm, I'm 55 off. And I got 10 more to go and I'm done. And I think I might go another 10 past that. And then I can have my White Castles too. And I'm sitting there going, I'm like, it's a period of time. It's, the end is here. I have to have the end in front of me. And in boot camp, when we was running, I never liked running at all. But, uh, but once I started realizing, I said, hey, man, if I'm going to run a mile and a half and we go around, it's a quarter-mile track. Uh, that means it's six laps around, or I forget, it's an eighth-mile track is what that was. They had us in that building. And I said, eight miles is eight, eight laps. Eight laps around is one mile, so I got to do eight laps, and then I got to go and do the other one. So I would count them down. 
I knew how many laps I needed to do. And I was sitting there going, 17. And they said, shut up, Elliot. I said, I can't. 16. I had to have an end to shoot for. You know what these guys did? He said, never have a home. Live in tents. Keep your mind. Keep your mind on the journey. You're traveling through. You're not settling down. I don't want to get my roots in anywhere. Jeremiah put a trial before the Rechabites. God waited almost 300 years to put this trial before him. He said, then I took Jazaniah, the son of Jeremiah, verse 3, and the sons, and long story short, he put the wine in front of them, and they wouldn't drink it. Jeremiah not only asked the Rechabites uh, whether they would drink the wine, but he set pots in front of them to tempt them. They didn't even have to go nowhere to get it. It was just right there. Jeremiah's hospitality was extended to them in one of the inner rooms. He, this is Jeremiah and in the temple of God. This isn't just outside somewhere. I mean, it, 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 all, the, all the aspects of everything being right and holy is in the right place. But the Rechabites knew it was wrong. See, sometimes, brethren, you'll get around people that make you think you're doing the right thing. But it just don't line up with that book. I did that as a, as a young man. I wasn't even in church yet. And I had, I, I'd start reading my Bible, and I'm like, I went to this church one time, man. I remember this lady up here preaching, and she was shucking the corn, man. I mean, she was hitting everything just right. And I'm like, but that verse over here says a woman shouldn't assert the authority over a man in the house of God. I said, what do you do with that? I said, what do you do with that? The Lord said, yeah, what do you do with that? I said, well, I can't go back here because she's not, it doesn't match that book. It's either the book or it's her. So I chunked her out the window, 70 times 7. I'm done with it, man. I went, God heals people, man. My roommate had stinky feet. He went, I went to a healing service with him. He was going to get his feet healed. All you got to do is wash them, man. They'd probably quit stinking. You'd waste all that time. He goes down and they hit him in the head. I was looking, man. I was looking. I didn't know. And he falls down backwards. His feet still stink. You know what I know those guys can't do is heal stinky feet. How are they going to heal a tumor or anything else if they can't heal stinky feet? Brother, it's, it's obvious, man, when you sit there and look at this thing. You got a book God gave you. Well, oh, I better shut up, man. I'm getting away to myself. Then Jeremiah, <laughs> what profit was it to the Rechabites to honor a 250-year-old, actually 293-year-old thing that their great, 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 Danny? What profit was it? It was nothing. God was watching, though. They did it. He's speaking of the difference between the Rechabites and the children of God. Jeremiah 35, 16, and I'm just about done now. Jeremiah 35, 16. Man, I got a father in heaven that loves me. He wants to see me do right. He wants to see me exceed. He goes, ah, verse, uh, verse, 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 Thus, verse 13, 12. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will ye not receive instruction or hearken to my words, saith the Lord? The words of Jonadab, the son. This is God talking. The words of Jonadab. This all make you cry. The words of Jonadab, the son of Arikat, that he commanded his sons not to drink wine and perform 
uh, uh, wine are performed. For unto this day, the Lord, they, they drink none. Now that's God saying that. You know what he just said? He said, I watched those guys for 293 years. And they didn't do it. Then he goes on. He goes, he said, they drink none, but obeyed their father's uh, commandment. Notwithstanding, I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking, but ye hearken not unto me. You know what God does? He sends some people every now and then to mess you up. I'll tell you what he does. I've seen him. I've seen it happen over 43 years. I've watched it happen. For 43 years, what I've done is I picked up a book, and this is, this is what I build my life. I don't build it in a church, not Anchor Baptist Church, nowhere. It's out of this book. This is it right here. If you can show me that I'm messed up and you got this book in your hand and you can show, I went up to a guy one time and he said, I can't fellowship with you because you're out of the will of God. I said, here, show me. And he wouldn't touch this thing. I watched his pupils, man. I watched his pupils go this light. And the irises in his eyes disappeared. It was all black. I'm looking like, whoa, what is that? All that did was stick a book in his face. King James 1611 authorized version. Show me in here where I'm wrong. I'll change, man. He went to, I can't do it. I can't. And he backed away from the thing. I'm like, you. I said, man, it's just a book, right? Just a book. No, this thing's a lot different than a book, man. It is a book. It's words. It matches a book. But there's something on the page that this thing goes on. He goes on. He goes, but ye hearken not unto me. Verse 15. I have sent. Also unto you, all my servants, the prophets. Could you imagine, man? You, you got to sit there, Moses and Elijah and Elijah and, and Samuel. And, and I mean, one right after the other. Daniel, any one of them you want to go. Hosea, Joel, any one of them, man. They're all back there. He sent them all. Then he sent Jesus. It's John the Baptist. What more could you possibly want? And we still sit there and say, no, you know what the problem is? I'll tell you what it is. You're not in this thing and you're not looking for him. And those Rechabites were. The Bible says, oh, but I ought to stop right there, man. Uh, because the sons of, go to 16, verse 16. I got just two minutes, two minutes, and I'll be done in 20. <laughs> 16, because the sons of Jonadab, 293 years later, without no Bible in their hand probably, because the sons of Rechab had performed the commandments of their father, which he commanded them, but this people have not hearkened unto me, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, God of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will bring upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem the evil that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken unto them, but they have not heard. I don't want God's hand on me that way. And I have called unto them, and they have not answered. And, and Jeremiah said unto the house of the Rechabites, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because thou hast have obeyed, the commandment of Jonadab, your father, and kept all his precepts and done according to all that he had commanded you. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not want a man to stand before me forever. And you know what the, you know what the blessing of that whole thing is? That them Rechabites, man, they come out on the good side. They probably that day go... That was a good idea to pass that bottle up. <laughs> Boy, I'm sure glad. I mean, in that, I don't even think they were tempted. They go, no, man, everybody makes fun of us all the time because we don't drink. 
They make fun of us because we don't live in cities. But that's okay. There's just something inside my heart that says I, I don't need my... If my, my great-grandfather, man, he, he didn't do it and he thought I shouldn't do it, then I, I shouldn't do it. And, and I'm not going to do it. And I want to let you know that God was watching them. Every child from Jonadab all the way down that grew up and had a family and had kids, and he would say, hey, I want to tell you about my dad. My dad, he's a pillar. He goes, uh, his life turned out right. 293 years later, Jehu's family's not there no more. Jonadab's is still there, and God's still watching. God never promised Jonadab anything. Jonadab just had some zeal. You know what he did? He met the Lord one day. And he said, there ain't nobody better to serve than him. I think I'll just do that. You know what I did on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky one night? I was miserable. And I didn't know where I was going. I, didn't, I wasn't fearing God, but I knew I wasn't his. And I sit out there, and I wanted to be his, but I didn't know how to get there. How do you get to heaven from here? I never knew how to do that. I, was, I read a Bible, and and it kept saying, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and trust the Lord and do this and do this. I'm like, but how the, the gap, the gap was so great. I didn't know how to get beyond that gap. I didn't know what to do. And I'm sitting there and reading the Bible, trying to figure it out. And one day the Lord said, hey, Mike, you need me. And I said, you, he says, believe on me and I'll save your soul. And I just did what he said do. And I'm telling you, my life changed. And you know what I found is all through this Bible, when I started reading these stories about these men, and these ladies, I, I see the exact same thing. I see some people that just wanted to see God. And they wanted to do, they do, I know God's right. I just want to do what he wants me to do. And if he came up to me today and said, hey, I want you to go do this. Uh, brother, I'm telling you, I would resign the church in two minutes and I'd be gone. I wouldn't hesitate. Because you only get an opportunity to do something for Jesus Christ. Sometimes one, the door opens and shuts. And if that door opens and you got an opportunity to go through, I don't care if it's a new job or whatever it is. Whatever it is, if God opens that door, but don't let this world and a pot of wine or whatever it is in front of you cause you to mess up something God has for you. This world has nothing. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. That's where my stuff is at, over there. And I don't even know if I got anything over there except Jesus Christ. And that's enough for me. I'm ready to go home at any time. You know why I do what I do? I don't do what I do because there's Ten Commandments. And I don't do what I do because in the Bible there, in the New Testament, it says all this other stuff. If you read your New Testament, you can know all that stuff too. I just don't want to hurt him. I've already hurt him. He died on the cross at Calvary 2,000 years ago, and I believe my name was on his lips. I believe he was saying, Mike, this is for you. And he said, 2,000 years from now, I'm not going to make you, but you're going to get it. And when you get it, I'm going to show you something. And it's not just religion where you just go do, 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 do. Mike, it's just me and you walking. Tonight, today, you know what it is? It's just you and him walking. He's your father. How much do you love your father today? My earthly father wasn't the greatest in the whole wide world. And the Lord gave me something at the end of his life and gave me like the last 10, 15 years. My kids all think he was the greatest grandpa in the world. But it gave him a chance to change some things. But boy, I got a heavenly father that you're talking about a day. Today is the day for him, for me. Because I look back at all the things he's done for me, and he's never stopped, and he's never stopped. And he's a loving father. He's a kind father. He's a merciful God, father. He's a long-suffering father. He's a gracious father. And if he's not your father today, you know what you need? You need to make him your father. 
It's easy to do. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, thank you for the Rechabites, Lord, and the example that you showed us with them. They did exactly what they were supposed to do, Lord, with no heavenly gain to it. They just did it because Jehonadad uh, did it, what he did. Lord, thank you for his zeal. Thank you for Jehu that day coming up and picking him up and taking him. But, Lord, uh, 200 years, 293 years later, his family is still doing the right thing, and he set such an example before him. He left a spiritual legacy for his family. Lord, help us to do the same thing today. But, Lord, most of all, thank you for being our father. Lord, if there's anyone in here today that, that cannot say that, with those, the, the heartfelt thing in their heart that you're their father, I just pray that you'd show them their need. Lord, you're a loving, great father, and Lord, uh, everything you've ever done was right in my life, and I just want to thank you for that. Uh, bless now the invitation, and Father, uh, bless the fathers this day and the fellowship with the families, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.